You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hello, everyone. My name is Catherine Clare. I'm a healthcare analyst at NCQA, and I'm fortunate to be joined today by Pete Stossel, Director of Contract Performance at AmeriHealth DC. So thank you, Pete, for joining us today. My pleasure. So you and your team are involved with the NCQA NSYNC Adolescent Depression Learning Collaborative. Correct. Okay, and part of that collaborative is collecting data for the depression measures. Yes. Great. So for those of you who might not know, the depression measures are part of our ECDS domain, which is a new measure domain in HEDIS and stands for Electronic Clinical Data Systems. And these measures use electronic clinical data sources for reporting. So electronic health records or electronic medical record, case management systems, EHRs, uh, HIEs, and administrative claims. So we're going to be chatting today, since you all have been collecting some of this data, about the successes you had, uh, challenges you've encountered, and any lessons learned. So I know we were chatting earlier a little bit about the clinical encounter data you're getting from FQHCs, or Federally Qualified Health Centers. I don't know if you could describe a little bit about that process and any lessons learned along the way? Yeah, well, that process started uh, approximately five years ago, right at the inception of the plan, where we went back um, to our two largest um, FQHC provider partners and wanted to find a way that we could collect more supplemental HEDIS data uh, from them uh, beyond the depression measures. So what we ended up doing was we, we put together a process, kind of manual, but it's kind of the precursor to what, I'm, what we're, the direction we're going into now where we would send them a monthly eligibility file. They would run that against their EMR and then send us back what the measures were, would fill in the blanks, um, if you were. We would take then that information and we would spit back, to, I shouldn't say spit, but we would send back to them um, specific reports and gaps in care that would help them with their outreach efforts and their, um, their member engagement. So that's where we, we initially started it. We tend to focus, moving forward on our strategy, we tend to focus on the FQHCs for a number of reasons, primarily the fact that it's probably 40% of our membership um, is attributed to one of the federally qualified health centers in the district. So when I create a strategy and I want to move forward, it's really very heavily focused on engaging the FQHCs at, at whatever level I can. Okay, and so uh, it sounds like there are a lot of players involved. So you know, AmeriHealth, the providers, it sounds like some data folks, yes. um, and I'm vendors, I'm sure, so a lot of players at the table. One of the things we found is that there's about a million EHRs out there. Let's talk about those for right now. Um, what's, what's good about focusing on the FQHCs is they all use the same one, okay. ECW. So from a technical perspective, the logistics are a lot easier because you're going into the same structure to pull out versus you know having to go do it this way over here, this way over here, this way over here, and this way over here. Um, plus, we also have an opportunity working with the FQHCs and, and their um, primary care association to try to, as, as we move forward, try to leverage their data collection efforts in a more broader sense so that we could collect data for, for the whole from one source and then provide back to them um, information that they would need as we start to move towards more value-based agreements in the future. Okay. And do you think the value-based agreements, that's an important, a key piece of this work? It's huge. Okay. Yeah. Can it, you it, describe it, that for me? It, it will be. Well, there's going to be, um, especially on the ambulatory side, there's going to be a lot of quality measures that you will be evaluated on. How, how are your members, are you filling care gaps? 
um, is everyone getting an annual physical? Let's be like real simple. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what this does is if you hit all of these measures, that's how you're going to get paid. Okay. Or that's, that is what your incentive will be. So in order to do that, we, we would want to take that information as much as we can and provide it back to these organizations to help them better manage their population and actually help them achieve um, the incentives that come along with, you know, with the positive outcomes. Yeah, it sounds very, it's bi-directional, which yes, is great. Yes, it has to be. It, yeah. Yeah, we, we, it's, it doesn't work doing it one way. <laughs> it really doesn't. Well, thank you for that. And I know you've also been doing work in-house with your Kate's management system as yes. well. Can you describe that for me a little bit? Well, with the case management system is um, essentially the, the care managers actively engage with our members. They do an assessment a health assessment with the member pr prior to, I don't want to say assigning them, but allocating them to one of the engagements or the programs, uh, depending on what their needs are. Uh, we do, um, we actively do the PHQ-9 as part of that assessment. And it's, it's pretty much what you used, used to call an HRA, mm -hmm. the old health risk assessment. All of that information is pushed into our um, care management system, which is Jiva. And any care manager or anybody um, on the outreach team, when they pull up that member's information, can go in and see the results of that assessment and then determine what would be the best engagement for the member at that time. Now, what we want to also try to do is use what is inside of Jiva and push that out to our HAE partner, CRISP, at some point. That's kind of in the future a little bit, but again, um, trying to leverage the different avenues we have to get information back out to the providers, again, to help them um, create more effective engagements and be a better partner uh, to them moving forward. Were there any challenges with the case management system, or are you still, you've described working towards kind of the future? Um, the, the only thing I would say, and I think everyone runs into this, this issue, and I've been involved in the care management side for most of my career, um, people will, will get a, a vendor-sponsored care management system, whether it's a Jiva, MedDecision, what have you. Um, and then there's a lot of customization that's done to it, um, to the point where it becomes challenging to change a lot of it. Okay. Uh, it's, you can't really do it on a dime. It's not impossible, but it's not the thing you got out of the box. Yeah. So one little switch, you have to change a lot of other things downstream. That I, I would think on the care management side uh, system, that's the biggest um, issue. And the, and the other one too, and, and I know that most MCOs run into this issue, is is finding the members and being able to get in contact with them to have that opportunity to do the assessment. That, that can be challenging at times. Okay, and you mentioned that you're working, you're kind of uh, bringing together two sources, the case management system and the HIE. So We want to. Yeah. So yeah. What, are you working right now with the CRISP. HIE, CRISP? Yeah. I'm, I'm on their payer advisory board. Um, and we are looking to, one, one of my big things that I, I want to engage with them um, fr from a technical and information sharing um, perspective, CRISP is very valuable. Uh, we just have to increase a provider awareness of it, of the benefits to it. And as part of that is making them more aware of the utility. How does this actually, how am I able to take what's there and use it effectively in my practice as part of my process flows? Because there's an opportunity to get a lot of information out there, but if no one's looking at it or they don't know how to use it, it's, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's work wasted. So that's, I'm focusing on, with the Peri Advisory Group, talking a lot about that and trying to find that sweet spot um, where we can actually integrate what 
that information is with what the providers are doing. And that, we kind of came full circle then because the providers are sending the information to CRISP. No, we, or, well, I don't want to mess it up. So <laughs> what happens with CRISP, and I'll do this very high level, okay, we provide them with a, um, an eligibility roster, and I'm just saying how we use it. And then Chris provides us back, based on those members, information on admissions, ER visits, and now they can actually go back when they are going to the PCP side. If that PCP is pushing information to Chris, we can go in and we can actually see like lab results and different kinds of things that are going on um, with, that with, with that member. It could be more robust still if a, more providers participate in pushing the information back out to CRISP, but also if we are able to also push things out to them besides just eligibility. So we've been looking for opportunities to um, share gaps in care, where you know if the doc is in CRISP, they, they'll not only see their eligibility and that they've been in the ER any number of times in the last six months, but they'll be also able to see based on what we have, oh, this member hasn't gotten A, B, C, or D, and they're due for these. So that's ideal, and that's you know kind of what we've been um, talking to them about. A barrier to that again is workflow, utility providers. You know, like for everything to be kind of in front of them. We all do, and that you're not going from one system to another to another to another. So that's kind of one of the opportunities we have is to find a way to kind of fit that all neatly in front of the provider so they can use it right at the point of, of care. Okay. So it sounds like you, know, you guys have a lot of different avenues that you're exploring and kind of taking this on and, and this initiative. What words of advice or wisdom would you give to an organization that's collecting this data for the first time? To collect it, I, I think you have to be organized. What we've done is we've we kind of decided, you know, we have, like anybody, they're finite resources and, and you can only put so much into something. So we made a conscious decision to focus our efforts where we could get the biggest bang, which is with the FQHCs, because of the fact that they're all on the same platform. Um, I know, I've known of, of health plans and health systems that will go out and they will survey their provider networks to identify not only where the members are, but who's on the same common system so they can then start to create solutions, extract solutions, what have you, for those particular systems, and they do them in clusters. We're just fortunate because in the district, you know, the FQHCs are such a prominent player, um, and, and that they're all on the same platform, and they have a very um, collaborative relationship with their primary care association. And so it sounds like, you know, it's like you said, bang for your buck. You start mm -hmm. with, you know, the common denominator, you know, ECW. ECW, yeah. Um, you know, it sounds like taking those lessons learned in terms of when there is that common EHR and then is there any sort of idea of going, you know, spreading out the work to places that have different EHR systems? Oh, yeah, yeah. You have, we, we currently have five file formats, okay, and it's uh, EHR, EMR, um, what's, God, uh, immunization, lab, and pharmacy. Yeah, I got them. So those are the, the five. We can accept data from any kind of EHR. Mm. Uh, it's just easier if it's all coming, if we, we only have to reformat it to these formats one time. So for ECW, it's all gonna come in looking pretty much the same way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you, know, you have CCDs and, and CCDAs and all that, all that stuff, but they are all a little quirky, depending on how they come out of their system. So we, um, 
we, we can accept it. We, we're just trying to focus on the ones that are most common to us right now, and that goes back to the FQHCs. Okay. And for those five, um, those, those five file formats with the EHR one, which I think we mentioned in the conversation earlier, our quality team has been um, more than helpful in adding and adding and adding <laughs> different measures that they want to get. But it's all out there. Mm -hmm. So if it's populated, we'll take it. Okay. And you're doing, you're part of the depression, the Adolescent Depression Collaborative right now. Um, is there any sort of thought on collecting data for additional HEDIS, um, ECDS measures? So um, I know we have the immunization measures, we've got um, unhealthy alcohol use screening and follow-up. Any sort of uh, future plans for those? or there, That's all included okay. in, what, in what our file formats reflect right now. Okay. So, so we, we, didn't, we didn't push one just for behavioral health and then this one is more for you know, just physical medicine. It's all in there. So if it's actually happening somewhere, because remember a lot of the FQHCs too um, and a lot of provider practices m might have a behavioral health um, piece in there and, and they're, they're all doing PHQ-9s, at least they should be, uh, for the most part. So if the data is out there, it's all part of that broader format. So we really don't differentiate between the two. Um, now having said that, for the um, behavioral health piece, there are some specific things that we can we can focus on, but more broadly, I think we, we, are, we are looking to incorporate all of it and just get as much as we can from as many sources as we can. That's really great. That's Thanks. great to hear. Um, it's one of those things where I think we, we really try to promote that, that if you're doing all this work for you know, a single measure, it, that work is applied you know, beyond mm -hmm. just that single measure. So it's really wonderful to hear all the work that you and your team are doing. Thanks. And so it sounds like, I know we joked about this earlier, but it's this idea of ECDS success. You know, what is success? And I, I think from our conversation, it seems kind of relative. There are successes along the way. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was wondering, do you, where do you feel like you are in that timeline of ECDS success? Hmm. Honestly, I, I think we're about 25% there. I, I, I think we have a strong foundation it's 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 a it's a case where we know where we want to go. I don't think that's the question anymore. You know, about a year ago, 18 months ago, I thought that there was some confusion on what are we going to go get? Why are we going to go get it? I think we know what that is now. Now it's more of of fostering relationships with the sources of the data, mm -hmm. and and when you when you're doing that, it has to be a true relationship. So I just can't go to you and say, hey, look, I want to hook up into your system, take all this stuff out. Thanks, bye. I have to tell you why. And it goes back to the value-based piece. Hey, you're going to give me this, and I'm going to measure you, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to send stuff back to you that's going to help you get this extra incentive, and everyone wins. You know, our members get taken care of, we close the care gaps, and you get incentivized for what you're doing. So. You know, that's really now, I think, is we, we've created the infrastructure. I think it's now refining the strategy and just finding a way to get to that first big hit, the first big hit. And, we've, you know, we have a, a very big team, very capable, um, and, and we'll get there. We'll get there. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that by the end of this year, we've, we're going to put a very big dent in it and, and have some more success stories that we could share with you. Yeah, well, I, I think you're, you're well on your way. And I... I did want to ask, you mentioned that you, you sort of had some confusion, but now everyone sort of is on the path. And I was wondering, 
What needed to happen to get everyone on the same page? Trial and error. Okay. And then, and you know, and, and like I said, we're a big organization. So you're trying this, you know, you're doing this, and then someone says, hey, have you talked to so-and-so? Because they might have some ideas that you haven't thought of. And you kind of go back, and it's a mishmash. You put it all together, and before you know it, it's like, hey, we're all, this is pretty comprehensive what we have here, um, and it's interchangeable. So let's kind of put it all together. You know, the strategy that we have, we're incorporating here in the district might not work for somebody else because the system's a little different, but we've been able to cobble together from different sources that I have, not only internally but externally, I think a, a pretty good idea of how we're gonna move forward. I'm getting like, I was thinking about what you were saying and I was like, it's almost like, you know, three, it's, I, was, I don't know why I was like three C's, but it's sort of like, you know, changing the mindset, communicating with partners, collaboration. And mm -hmm. it sounds like all of those elements are really needed to, to just even get started and, and be successful in starting this work. Mm -hmm. No, definitely, definitely. And, and, and definitely leverage all the different players. I, like, I, and again, I bring them up again, but the Primary Care Association, I've enjoyed a very positive relationship with them. And I've learned quite a bit from them about you know, data needs and how things are put together. So it's you know, not doing it in a vacuum and understanding the impact of the work that you are doing and how it can not only benefit yourself but also benefit your partners, the providers, our members, yeah. and the like. I really, I like, you know, I know we mentioned this earlier, but this you know, bi-directional communication and, and you know, giving back to your partners, you know, the, all this data and information that they're sort of sharing with you and, mm -hmm. and how important that can be in that relationship. Right. Yeah. So I do have one final question to wrap us up, um, which is, you know, what do you see in terms of the ECDS measures for you know the domain moving forward? Uh, do you see, you know, just you know more measures? Do you see is this the direction that you know we're headed in and should continue forward with? Yeah. Oh, I mean, definitely. But again, it's not going to be the same. Mm -hmm. um, it depends on where you are and what you want to go after. I think we've become. What we've created with you know, the help of the quality folks and the clinical people here is a very comprehensive set of indicators that, that cover a wide spectrum of, um, of, of needs for ourselves and our provider partners. And we had talked earlier today in a conversation about that longitudinal view. And that's really what, when I look at it, that's what, that's what we've been trying to accomplish, not only again for our own internal use, but in helping our providers provide better care to our members and enhance outcomes for them, so. Well, great. Well, thank you, Pete, for speaking with me today. No this problem. has been thank really you. wonderful. Thanks.